scrolling through a list of your videos is like pulling on an endless thread of horrors. Is there anything at this point that you actually find offensive? Has a retweet ever gone wrong? I mean, yeah, I mean, it goes wrong every time I retweet it. I've also kind of strayed away from doing topics that are about specific people. And when they are, I try to keep it, try to be careful with what I do and don't say. Oh, I like this guy's content, but I want to make sure he's like a nice guy. And it's like, I don't watch people because they're nice or because they're not nice. I watch people because they make stuff that I want to watch. How many drinks deep do you have to be to sing Creed? You meet somebody at a party. Not a YouTube party. This is not VidCon. You're just at a party. Yeah. What do you tell them that you do? Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown. I am Kevin Lieber. This is the home of Make Something Means Something, and we're going to make things and mean a whole lot today with our guest. Matthew Tabor is with me as always, and he will will sit on the jar, so to speak, of uh, our... <laughs> that didn't make any sense. He will... He uh, will. I mean, it kind of will. It kind of will. He'll tell you all about our guest. We are in the golden age of exploration and archaeology, but rather than charting new lands and digging up tombs, we're exploring the human experience and increasingly putting its defects and detritus on display, partly as a celebration of the weird and partly as a warning to others. The most famous of these strong-stomached pioneers is Justin Wang, who is the YouTuber every high school male who says they want to be a YouTuber actually wants to be. In his Tales from the Internet series, Wang serves as a modern bard to regale YouTube with stories of filling a cardboard box with semen, the unfortunate fate of a My Little Pony doll in a glass jar, and actually another glass jar video in which it shatters in a cavity not designed by nature to accommodate such things. But it's not all insanity and gore. His opinions and analyses on pop culture, from movies to wrestling, influence the online media ethos. It's why his Twitter feed is so raw and so popular that the most sought-after, beautiful, and terrifying currency on the platform is the coveted Wang retweet. He streams frequently on Twitch, thrashes the guitar in the successful metal band Jinx, and has built a reputation as one of the most selfless and professional people in the YouTube community, while still keeping it all honest and uniquely Wang. So, Justin, scrolling through a list of your videos is like pulling on an endless thread of horrors. Is there anything at this point that you actually find offensive? Is there anything that I actually find? The you know what? Think I was actually thinking about this. That feeling that I I don't know if this is a thing that people generally actually it probably is because I remember when I was going through the two girls not two girls one cup the BME Pain Olympics I had to watch a lot of sounding videos which sounding it's like people like inserting things into the urethra and shit like that like for example one guy one screwdriver had to sit through a lot of that to get the video to go well and a lot of that stuff gave me that sense of physical revulsion 
But then I also recall feeling that during the whole like cuties discourse. And I was like, mm. oh, this is like this is like physically like skeeving me out. Just like keep it away from me. I don't want to comment on it. I want to hear about it. Just get it away. So I guess that might be the thing. So out of all of these topics, cuties is, is where you draw the line. I don't know if I want to say I draw the line. I'm just like I, that and sounding, I guess, are the two <laughs> things that make me uncomfortable. <laughs> The two people who talk the most about sounding are, are you and Crypt Daddy. Uh, oh, wait, well, yeah. Crypt tells us a lot Crypt, about sounding. He, does he really? He makes he makes too many references to sounding in tweets. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, I it gotta pops go, up every few weeks. He might be one of the only people on Twitter that kind of, I feel, get to that level of filth. Like him. And <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know if you follow that guy Poe on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Like he's. Yeah. 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 He's always like putting like putting up the most cursed tweets that I'll have to half time retweet and show everybody. Look at that. Yeah. And the, the guy we're talking about here, his, uh, his Twitter handle is at living scribe. It used to be yes. undead scribe, but his account got nuked a few weeks ago for reasons that you could expect. But yeah, that account is <laughs> yeah. absolutely cursed. It's yeah. kind of the gold standard for minute by minute. Awful. Yeah. Like but it's sometimes- awesome. That's what makes it great. He'll go through these droughts where he'll just like be posting regular takes and then he'll be reminded that like, wait, people are following me to see gross <laughs> shit and he'll just make a like a big fucking thread of it. <laughs> I will say, it's funny. I, I just wanted to chime in. I don't have a question or anything. I just want to piggyback off of how re- repulsive I find putting things in urethras. Oh, that yeah. is like uniquely horrible in a way that to me, very few things are in terms of what people willingly do to themselves it's 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 yeah. a bit it's about as bad as it gets i think for me you know what i have actually oh i saw oh, i'm thinking of a, vi- a video i saw like this i have i've always had like a weird thing with paper cuts too like paper cuts like make me really? just if they're not yeah like if i get a paper cut on my fucking hand as much as like a nothing thing that is it bothers me but then i'll just like think of getting paper cuts like on my fucking eyes Urethra, and it's just, ugh, I'm like doing it. I'm my brain is in paper cut mode now. It's all good. <laughs> this is this is nuts. I mean, thinking about some of the videos that that you've made, there's some really awful stuff in some of them. Yeah, uh, and, and I would never look at at that catalog and think this guy this guy can't handle paper cuts. Like it would be, <laughs> like there's just like a believe. weird sensation. Like I don't know. Ugh. I know what it probably is too. Like I've experienced paper cuts, but I haven't actually experienced a lot of the things that I cover. So I don't have yeah. that like physical um, point of reference to be really disgusted by it. That's interesting. Yeah. That, that uh, all of the, uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully uh, most of the, the kind of terrible topics that, that you address sometimes are foreign to most people. I'm sure they're not. Have you actually gotten, uh, any, I don't know, I guess you'd call it feedback where you release a video that's really out there and, and a bunch of people identify with it. Oh, I feel like that has happened. I just, I'm trying to remember specifics now. Um, I mean, we there is to, that thing that happened from, um, Oh, hmm? Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh no. We were, we there, talked to Weist a, a while back and he was talking about, uh, having, having a confessional stream, you know, and people would come in and, and, uh, he he would read like really sometimes terrible confessions that people had. And I mean, that entire game is opening up and identifying with bad things. 
Um, but it seems like, yeah, it would happen occasionally for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure like things like that have happened. I'm just I'm kind of drawing a blank on it. I will say, though, like now and obviously I didn't make the like the cum jar isn't it's weird. I think some people do think that like they, that I am the person behind the actual jar, which is, you know, obviously it's not. <laughs> it's been on the Internet for years before I ever even thought of making a YouTube channel. But now I feel like because that video got so popular every time there's a new action figure that comes out, then the first thing anybody does with that action figure now is juxtapose it with a fucking jar. It's become a thing. It's be it's yeah. become a meme to tell somebody like you're going in the jar. There's um, it's funny too because like now because of that, like a lot of projects will come up. Like I remember there was the um the Epstein cum jar or whatever where someone had an Epstein action figure in it, and people are like, "Yo, you got to make a video about this." And I'm like, "What am I gonna say? Like, what is like new and interesting <laughs> about this story from the other stuff I've covered that I would want to do that? Like, it's it. Oh, this guy also you got." Remember that one cum jar that I made a video about? Well, someone's doing it again with a different guy. <laughs> yeah. Can more you, of a tweet can you than a video. What, yeah, exactly. Can you say what happened in that in that video? I mean, describe it for the people who listen to this podcast and are about two minutes away from, from unsubscribing because they're <laughs> oh, decent okay. people and not expecting us. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, like, what, what could that we'll, be? Um, so years we'll and years you, and years ago, there hurrah. was a guy on 4chan who made something that he called the My Little Pony Cum Jar Project. And what that entailed was he had a Rainbow Dash figure that he kept on a big jar. Hit all He was married and he hid all this from his wife. Ugh. Um, Puts it in a jar and over the course of years, he's just filling the jar up with cum. And then one day, like, and the big, the, what, the big thing that made it go viral on 4chan back in the day, I remember he had left it on the radiator, on the radiator um, accidentally. And it caused it to burn. So we had to basically do an emergency procedure where he transfers the action figure to a new jar to, to save it. And you, you kind of look at it. There's like this big brown ring around it um, of where, you know, it's, it's like, I believe I mean, you guys are the science guys. You would know. If, I believe it like caramelizes from like a layer yeah. of sugar in it or whatever. The uh, like, correct process, me if I'm wrong, yes. scientists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, I think um, that the scientific term is cumalizes. Oh, oh yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> cumalizes. I'm so sorry. It was there. I had to I had to hit it. Um but th then he made a second video. Actually, he so this second video I found because the the actual guy, he had a YouTube channel that was all about clocks and watches and stuff. Like every video is like review of clocks showing you the watches he has. But then he had an unlisted video on his channel of him transferring the stuff from one jar to the other. And you can hear him like that. And that's why I made the follow up video to it. You can hear him like gasping for air as he opens it up. Like it must have been such a just like a rotten smell in there. Um, Transferring them over. And then that's it. The jar is filled up and he... I believe he made a follow-up post on 4chan saying that he buried it in his backyard and the project is done. That was the point of it? To bury it? Yeah, after it's full, to bury it. Huh. He actually, not a lot of people know this either. Um, He he hit me up. Actually, no, he had, uh, there a few years ago, whenever it was, it was around the time that I hit 300,000 subscribers. So it might have been like a year ago. I don't remember exactly when. But around that time, he had made a post to 4chan about making a new project, and he 
made a post on my subreddit, which I barely really use the subreddit they have, but it exists. And he made a post on it congratulating me on 300 with uh, a picture of the <laughs> pony dug up and all of his like watches laid out and his very distinct handwriting. What? So watches? Yeah, his watch. I guess he was using that to from, ID himself without like showing his face or anything. Oh, from the YouTube channel on the clocks and watches. Yeah. So he had the watches lined up, the jars oh. with the pony, and congratulations on 300,000 subscribers. Wow. This is like <laughs> Netflix serial killer documentary level stuff. Yeah. He emailed, well, a person claiming to be him emailed me recently saying that he wanted to do an interview. Um, but then he was like, he just needs, he was telling me he needs to get his camera set up and everything. Hmm. But then I just never heard back from the guy again. So who knows if it was him or just some guy trolling. Is that a common thing? Like uh, some of the subjects of, of these videos wanting, you know, wanting, uh, I don't know if it's notoriety or they, they want a platform to talk about their weird thing, whether it's an obsession or what, um, do they, do they like it or they're definitely, you know. there have been a few cases where the people involved in the video did reach out to me. Um, the one that, that sticks out the most was Alex Chu, the guy who made the immortality rings back in the day. Uh, one of the very first Tales from the Internet videos is me going to his old website, which still looks the same way it did in the 90s, um, selling you these immortality rings and the powder you have to eat with the immortality rings to make them make you immortal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, wait, 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 what was, but, do you know what the powder was? Was it like Tang? I, <laughs> I think the ingredients were listed there. It was like some like weird, like ancient Chinese medicine or whatever. Uh, I... <laughs> I really he so after the video, and his comment was easy for me to see because I like I bet back then I would barely crack a thousand a thousand views on one of these videos. So it was he was like, oh man, I love this video. Can I send you a pair of my immortality rings? So I I gave him my address. He sent me the, a pair of immortality rings. Um, I well actually I wound up reading the thing. I'm like, oh, is this like a loss leader thing? Because it he, it comes with instructions and the immortality rings don't work unless you eat the powder. And I am not consuming anything this man sends me. So, <laughs> I do you wear the safe. rings? So, <laughs> uh, I, I actually, uh, actually, the rings right now—they're magnetic. I have them on my refrigerator, holding up Polaroids from VidCon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm suspicious as hell because you don't look 35, and you've got this—you've got this secret about immortality rings and strange powders. Oh no, no, no. I don't consume that. I don't wear those rings. That's <laughs> just because I'm Asian. So like, I'm going to look like this <laughs> until like one day in my sixties, I'm going to wake up and just look like a fucking Pai Mei. <laughs> That's how it works when you're Asian. Actually, literally nothing changes. The hair color just changes, right? Yeah. Just well, go, no, that like, goes my, to my white. face like looks like a prune out of nowhere. <laughs> and it's just one night. And if you're if you're that close to my age, why why do you let people rip on me for being old in in Twitter group chats? Why don't you ever defend? Because me? it's it's not just that you're old, Matt. It's that like it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it's not it's the behaviors. Like I, I just posted that tweet of you before, and it says you're playing Google Docs. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. That is like such. Not that I'm like good with Discord in any kind of way, because I don't really use Discord except for situations <laughs> like this. But it's like, man, like that just like it just looks like an old man thing to be doing to be playing Google Docs. 
I didn't have any real games to put up in there. And, and you know, like I don't, you know, I never linked up Spotify or anything to show yeah. the music. And so I just set it to display as Google Docs like a year ago. And I'm like, yeah, I'll stick with that. Oh, I thought you legitimately... See, I guess I'm even more of a fucking boomer when it comes to Discord than you are because I thought you legitimately... I thought it said that because you had Google Docs open at the moment. It might as well. I mean, the reality is that I'm in Google Docs like 80% of the day. It, yeah, it is and always open. When, it's irrelevant. Yeah, when when you posted that tweet, I was legitimately doing stuff in Google Docs, so it fit. Fair enough. It's funny, too, what you mentioned... Um, like with my retweets that like the horror of it because one of like the lesser known phenomenons of my retweets sometimes like a very small account will post something really funny so i'll retweet it and every once in a while they'll like delete it or go private because they don't like the attention even if it's like positive attention wow. it just bothers them that's weird they want to remain lurking at at all costs yeah they 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 want to just like talk out into the world without being seen what is the point of that? It's just like shouting into a void. And then when the yeah. void shouts back, <laughs> you cower. <laughs> like, I get it when you like, if it's like something where it's someone had a, a dumb take and everyone's shitting on them. But that's always been the weirdest thing that happens every <laughs> once in a while. And has a retweet too, ever gone wrong? Has a retweet ever gone wrong? I mean, yeah, I mean, it goes wrong every time I retweet it. And then it, it'll be like a very like dry, sarcastic or ironic joke, but someone will take it literally and go into, we'll explain it to the person that made the joke with like a well actually kind of post and I'll mm. be tagged in it. So I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> there's always someone, there's always someone doing the, the well actually, no matter where you are, whether it's on YouTube Absolutely. or where you're on Twitter. And I mean, there was something I read where. I had originally read that like 10% of people do not understand humor, like cannot get different forms of humor, like, like say sarcasm, for instance, as a form of humor, like would not understand that you would say something, but the intention is to mean the opposite of what you say. So, yeah. you know, if 10%, that's a lot of people, that's one out of 10 that read the thing, think that your joke is very literal, then you're going to get a lot of responses from people who, I mean, Matt, what was the thing you got into uh, weeks ago with someone? Gosh, it was on Vsauce 2 Twitter. Uh, I, I can think of a number of situations that start out was. like that with Matt. Yeah, it just turned <laughs> yeah, into this like, contentious thing, uh, <laughs> like so unnecessarily where Matt was obviously joking and it ended up being like a 19 tweet back and forth conversation with the person. Oh, yeah, I remember that because it got strangely deep. It wasn't like two or three replies. It was many, many replies. And I, I can picture the thread in my head, but I can't say what it was about. I know that I replied to a, a tweet of yours um, it, where it, it just obviously was a joke. It, like, it, it would be very difficult, very difficult to read that and not know that it was completely tongue-in-cheek and and yeah a lot of people took that very literally um and didn't let go of it either uh and and then the fault was mine you know they they claimed that the problem was me not realizing that it, it wouldn't be taken as a as a joke there was, was no the, sense of responsibility it was the swimwear one wasn't it where i i 
Oh I my post, god, yes. I posted, I found this, um, okay, so people hate Tumblr, right? A- anytime mm-hmm. I've ever linked to Tumblr, it's like a lot of negativity, but Tumblr has amazing images that you can't find anywhere else for some reason, I've found. So I still go to Tumblr because there are a lot of really weird accounts that post like old video game ads. I sent one old video game to you once, Justin, that was uh, like an old Sega Genesis Oh yeah, ad. yeah, I remember that. It was super cool. Yeah, so anyway, so I, I follow like a lot of retro computer accounts, um, a lot of like 80s accounts. Anyway, this image popped of these people wearing swimsuits in like an, an old computer room from 1983. Like the kind Wait, of- Wait, I think I saw that. Um, yeah. There's like this, I think this, acute, this account on Twitter, uh, Computer Aesthetic or something like that. That's I think they account, posted yeah. that, yeah. That might have been who it was. So I posted it on Vsauce too because it was so such a weird photo um, with the caption "Swimwear was mandatory for using computers in 1982." Um, oh, God. And, and so it's like, no, it isn't. This isn't true. You're making this up. <laughs> and then well, Matt, I used to, I argument. used a computer in 1980s and we weren't wearing <laughs> swimsuits. This is false. So a, a kid replied, obviously as a joke, saying. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know why this would be mandatory. And so I replied to him saying, if you don't understand why you're never going to make it in this game, oh, you're, God. Like, you're never going to make it in the tech sector or something like that. And yeah. that unleashed like <laughs> a dozen people uh, who who, you know, said it had nothing to do with computers like like I was wrong about that. And then when I said oh, it was a God. joke, no. No, it's it wasn't clear that it was a joke. So I'm the one with the problem. And I, I'm just looking at this thinking like I can't give up on this because it's just too because it's so stupid that these people yeah. th- can't see this really like it's not even like a subtle joke. It's very obviously <laughs> a joke. And they're just refusing to understand anything be- besides the most literal, literal aspect of it. Like if I have an opportunity to engage in a conversation with somebody about why you don't have to wear a speedo when using a computer terminal, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in that conversation and I'm not gonna go until it's over. Sometimes that's the, sometimes that's the game you gotta play, and where <laughs> for like for the not not for their sake because they're lost, but for the enjoyment of the people watching, you gotta take what they're doing <laughs> and like go even harder. You gotta like you gotta like. Whatever, whatever brain situation they're coming at you with, you got to double it <laughs> for comedic effect. I looked at it thinking, all right, this person is troubled by what's going on, but uh, I'm sure there are a bunch of people who are looking at this, you know, having a ball watching it go down. So I'm just going to keep going. Do you have, do you have any, do you have any, any trouble with people misinterpreting your content? Because you do like it's always for the the hilarity of things and quirkiness and weirdness of a situation but do you have a bunch of people who say hey this is just mean like this is bad content because it's degrading to whoever this this person the video is about um when it comes to my youtube content i can't say that i've had that so much although i've realized too like since my channel has grown I I generally am only able to weed through the first couple hours of comments before it just becomes like too overwhelming to uh to like really get into the nitty gritty of what's being said about the video. But I, and I've also kind of sh- like strayed away from doing topics that are 
about specific people. And when they are, I try to keep it, try to be careful with what I do and don't say. Like, um, for example, like a lot of times the videos I do, they enter this territory where I could put out information that might be interpreted as doxing in some ways. So I got to figure okay. out what can and can't make it into the video. Like that happened with, um, for example, the Two Girls, One Cup video. I had way more information about the director than I was comfortable putting into the video because I was like, I don't if I put this in the video, people are going to find this guy and harass him. So I can't. And there were there were some decisions actually with the cake farts video, um, more identifying things with that, that I was kind of like, well, this is kind of even though like the information is out there, it's still kind of doxing. So I'm just not going to put that in the video. Um, and, and what's the wait, 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 20 second wait. summary of cake farts? I was like, Matt, please do not change the subject until we understand what cake farts is, because we kind of just nonchalantly brushed by that. <laughs> so cake farts, as someone like just joined into like the listening thing, as, as I say the word cake farts. So cake farts <laughs> is... Uh, it, it, it was an old website, I believe it was cakefarts.com, that just contained one video of a woman farting on a cake really loudly <laughs> over and over again. It was very much the same kind of single-serving site where, like, you could compare it to, like, the site that Two Girls One Cup was on or the site that um, Goatsy was on. But meat spin, meat spin yeah, was popular in that genre actually. as well. So you just go there and see this one thing, just the cake farts thing, and that's it. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And apparently it came uh, it, that was commissioned by a person who was in who was specifically into women farting on cakes because of some like childhood some thought he had as a child. <laughs> when he was like spying on some like some older woman and he just he imagined her like farting on the cakes. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, why? Well, he got there in the end, didn't he? Good for him. Yeah, he, he made, he his, made his he made his dreams reality. <laughs> yeah. How many people can say that? Yeah, he know. created the unknown. He did. He did. <laughs> he made something mean something. <laughs> it That's meant something sure. to him. <laughs> that actually, the the interaction there is the perfect example of what you were asking before. If I had people who came to me and like were like really about the the topic and like wanted to like egg it on, like the guy who created the Cake Farts website was approached by the guy who commissioned the video and was like, he, well, he was, he was approached by a lot of people that were like really into like fart porn and they would just like email him about their fantasies and shit like that. <laughs> I have, I have not experienced anything to the level of that guy has experienced. I want a documentary. I like, I almost feel like at some point you need to partner with some sort of documentarian because it would be a lot of work, you know? to do this but i would watch a documentary where you just pick five of these stories and talk like talk to these people today why did they do the thing that they did what are they doing now what are their lives like you know i know that obviously idubs is doing that um himself to an extent mm -hmm. uh with his documentaries with um airsoft fatty as well as um the most recent one with dax flame but I, I'm just being selfish here. I want so much more of that type of content. Um, what was the I, documentary that we watched over the summer, Matt? Um, that feeling when no girlfriend? What, or oh what yeah, Iggy's it? in that. 
Isn't he in that? Oh, yeah. I didn't watch that yet, but I saw that. It's pretty good, yeah. Aggie's in the Pepe video and the Pepe documentary, too. He gets around. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I haven't seen the Pepe one yet either. Um, But yeah, I think it's called um, TFW No GF. That face with no GF. Yeah. I watched it on Amazon. I don't know if it's still there because I think it might have been up when one of the film festivals put uh, a couple weeks of content on. uh, But. It's, it may have been a Sundance thing, but it's it's definitely somewhere. It was really good. It was it was a really detailed look at who some of these guys are. Eggy just had a, a kind of a bit role in it, and and you know was was a little color into it. He wasn't featured, uh, but it was really fascinating. It, it was that pull back the curtain and take a look. And you know, Kevin's talking about pulling back the curtain on some of these stories, and just as interesting to me is is uh doing it on you i mean the process of the process of all of this stuff like deciding uh what's too spicy too doxy to go into a video what is another weird thing that you've got to cut you know it's it's a tangent that's totally fascinating but can't make it in like there really is a how the sausage is made kind of interest in in how how your videos come yeah. to be, you know, there's um, there's some things too, especially now that I, I keep on saying I need to like make another story fire video and there's some topics on there where it's like I can show things that I can't show on YouTube. Um, But then it's like, do I want to show them just like for the sake of showing them? Like one guy I would like to do a video on is um, the furry who was on Twitter and addicted to eating his own shit and wound up in the hospital because of it. And there's lots of pictures of this guy getting shit all over his fursuit. And I'm like, well, I can't show this on YouTube. But if I made it a story <laughs> fire video, they, I'm sure they don't care if I show a shit riddled fursuit. But, but I'm like, do I want to put these pictures in the... Actually, think about it now. I definitely want to put the pictures in the video if I make them. So that's, that's one issue solved. <laughs> do you have a list of things like that that you just never could talk about on YouTube? Um... Not, I feel like the more things get ruled out just because there's not as much as I would like to the story than there is like just content wise, because there's always a way you can work around it. Like I managed to like my, my BME pain Olympics video is monetized. My, uh, my, uh, my two girls, one cup video. I think that one might not be monetized anymore. Um, it was for but, a while though, wasn't it? Yeah. A yeah. lot of my, my like edgier more extreme videos are monetized just because like there's always a way you can work around it and stay within the guidelines it's definitely like a hard fucking balance but i've i've managed it for the most part it'll always be a weird thing that'll get me dinged though like there's a a sonic the hedgehog my sonic the hedgehog angel fire video is demonetized because there was a part where I found the website that made self-insert Sonic the Hedgehog fan fiction, and part of it was fighting off a terrorist attack by Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein. It, it was it, all right. So do you know that episode of Sonic Underground where there's like the fake hedgehog baby? No. <laughs> it's a, if you've seen the clip of like the little baby falling down and it's like vol- the the bolt nuts and bolts fly out of it and it's all sad. That was a meme for a bit. But this guy took that episode and essentially changed it to Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein try to trick the U.S. Army with a fake baby, and it works for a bit. <laughs> but then they stop it. So I like I went into part of that fanfic on the video, and be- I I think just because it mentions Osama bin Laden, it's demonetized. Wow. 
in general, are there any like high level tips you could give other creators listening to this podcast of like, stay away from this, don't step on this landmine sort of thing. If they also want to talk about kind of edgy stories and stuff, like what are some of tip the, the, the things you've learned how to navigate like in general, in general, yeah. In general, I try to always make sure the first 30 seconds of the video are clean because I've I remember this was something that at some point YouTube explicitly said that they checked the first 30 seconds of your video um, for, you know, profanity or any kind of uh, like talking about like death or terrorism and shit like that. So the first 30 seconds, I always to the best of my ability, try to keep clean. Like if there's something where I, it, I need to say, like, I need to say, uh, someone, someone like got their dick cut off or something like that. I would, instead of outright saying that if it's in the first 30 seconds, I would come up with a euphemism for that, that the AI won't understand, but a person will understand. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they, they do tell you that straight away, like right on the upload. Well, if, if you have the, uh, self-monetization which do you have that do you yeah. get to set okay yeah mm -hmm. so for people who don't know um once you're established on on youtube you generally get to choose like say whether your video should be monetized or not and it tells you these things like uh what justin just said like straight away uh profanity it can have profanity as long as it's not in the beginning, you know, it says strong profanity, not in the beginning. So we've had episodes on this. We, we don't have a whole lot of uh, sounding or uh, F-bombs in Vsauce 2 videos. So that's less of a problem yet. Uh, but in some of the podcasts, you know, people will use colorful language or whatever. And, and, and that's fine as long as, it, you know, we don't lead with it. As long as Ben doesn't uh, put something crazy in the intro. You know, that, that's okay. So uh, you're saying that you can just really just craft a softer, softer poetic version of, of the filth and, and make, uh, make the AI happy. Yeah, exactly. Just like if you keep the intro clean, like because I'll have like even I worried a bit about like text showing up, like if I'm reading a post off of Reddit or something like that, um, if that contains something but usually those would be like towards like, like later on in the video and the AI doesn't seem to care about that. It's just like, it really weighs the beginning of the video very heavily from what, as far as I can tell and based off of what they've said. I want to get into, um, your music. I want to get into Twitch. Uh, first I want to say that, uh, we are live on discord with our patrons, with our $2 tots, our, dumpster crew our infantry our legendary baby gang if you want to join us for these live recordings just go to patreon.com slash the create unknown but before we talk about all of that stuff i just mentioned i want to ask you about the boogie with a gun situation oh because, hell yeah man that came out of absolutely nowhere and it sent so many thoughts spitting around my head you know the first one was and maybe this is like highly cynical of me, but I'm surprised something like this just hasn't happened before now with how many people have such strong online presences and 
people visit their homes. Like we see this all the time. I've seen this so mm-hmm. much. Uh, there, there are people who, you know, I won't name names, but ha- are legitimately <laughs> scared of having people show up oh. to their house to the point yeah. where they take some pretty extreme measures. Um, one mm-hmm. to uh, avoid having anybody know where they live, and two to almost fortify their house like a fortress and i'm not like not joking even a little bit like bulletproof windows and everything so we know somebody who films in a decoy house yes so that <laughs> it, what yeah yo yeah. that rules yeah yeah, yeah. So there's they're so concerned uh that they don't want anything in the background to point to their real house. You know, they want to throw people off to that degree. But that's how that's how seriously you take it. You know, especially if you've got a family with kids, um, mm-hmm. you know, then there's there's a heightened concern. Uh, but, you know, we, we talked a long time ago. Uh, this was way before the podcast. We were talking about this with somebody who was in a bad situation. We were like, you know what? If, a, if, if one in a million people... Oh, this was Justine, actually, with, with I, Justine. We uh, talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, if one in a million people are completely nuts, just completely nuts, and you've got five million subscribers on YouTube, that means there are five people who are after you, and that's a lot of people to be after you. Yeah. yeah she well, said, people she said, who, like, who are willing to put in that, the dedication to like, really make something of it, that's a lot. She, Even she, one of those. Like, I've that, dealt with legitimate stalkers. It's... In terms of the book, the, there's a part of me, and I realize like Boogie is not gonna like me saying this, and pro- Frank probably isn't either. And I'm re- I've realized I'm going into like Montreal screw job levels of conspiracy theory here. <laughs> like I remember how like Scott Hall said it at the end of the fucking Montreal screw job, Dark Side of the Ring, and everyone told him what a fucking idiot he is about it. But despite the fact that there is legitimate police reports, despite the fact that I've had people privately mention things that lead me that we're trying to lead me to believe that this whole thing is in fact real. There's still a part of me that wonders if there's like an aspect of this that is a work. And I think about, I think of like, I feel like guys like Boogie and people like around him, like they've all got that, like that pro wrestling brain where it's like, if you have the opportunity to take your keep and kayfabe into real life and even trick your friends and family, that's an exciting thing. So I feel like even if, I mean, if obviously it was fake, they wouldn't tell us it was fake, right? But they might tell people what? privately. But I, I don't know. I, I've still there's a part of me that thinks there might be a, might be a work involved here at some point. What's the end game on that though? So if they concoct this plan, it's it's crazy. They do all of this. How does it play out to to be a good thing for for Boogie especially? How does this work? Um, I I honestly I don't know. But I, I feel like in the uh, there's like the kind of like a there could just be like a blanket idea that it's like it's good. You have attention on projects, whatever it is that you're doing, you get attention and it just becomes something. Even if you don't have a even if you don't have like a clear mastermind view of what it is. And I, I, I 100 percent know it, Boogie, if Boogie hears this, he's going to be pissed that I said this because he <laughs> like he went off on Monday and Matt for saying this. But yeah, uh, just the other night. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, probably Monday, Matt it, asked him this and it was. 20 actually it was more like 30 minutes he asked exactly that question that you just posed and and his point of view was that uh i'm looking at at the evidence here and it it seems worked up you know he, he just asked him if it was and boogie spent 30 minutes completely freaking out 
uh, on him for having the audacity to even question whether it's real, and then culminating in, in asking him if he molested babies. So that was a bit odd. Oh, yeah. uh, but he was trying to make a rhetorical point there that uh, I, I don't know if it worked. Um, but he's vehemently, vehemently denying that it's remotely possible that any of this could be fake. But at the same time, you're looking at it, uh, we're all looking at it and thinking, yeah, there's a, a portion of this that, that, that kind, kind of seems funny. Yeah. Wait, for I mean, people, it's, well, for, now for it's in territory, though, where like the truth of this could never if it were fake, that is the truth of it can never, ever, ever, ever come out or these guys would be in such big trouble. Like, more, way more than they would be in now for what's went down. Can you sum up what happened for people who aren't familiar with the situation? Um, so basically, to, like, to really summarize the situation, um, Frank Hassel and Boogie had some kind of, uh, I, th I believe it started with an altercation on the kill stream that led to Frank <laughs> kind of trolling Boogie on Twitter for months and months and months, um, and then one day he makes a post that he's in Boogie's town. He, like in reality, he was there to visit a friend that was also where Boogie lives. But he posts the picture and tagged Boogie in it. Um, and then I guess it became a thing where they talk about Frank going to Boogie's house. Um, a guy rang his bell. That well, someone rang Boogie's bell. That they vaguely. Yeah. I don't think it was Frank. It, they kind of resembled Frank, but they didn't. It wasn't him. It might have even been a woman. I don't know. Well, it didn't look woman. like Frank, though. No. Yeah. From, from I, it the was side. just like curl. It was just the curly hair that really looked like it. Um, <laughs> but uh, basically, that culminated in the confrontation. Um, they both go on drama alert to argue. And Boogie says, "If you come to my house, I'm going to kill you." That uh, he shows up to his <laughs> house, and and we've we've now we've all seen the famous photograph. <laughs> Did he fire Dude, a uh, shot? He fired a, a warning shot up into the air, which is not the thing to do. That's a terrible idea for so many reasons. Um, you know, as you're talking about how it was all playing out, I didn't really think anything of it the, the day before the incident because Frank yeah. posts this picture, you know, that's, you know, hey, I'm, I'm in your town. Well, look, everybody at this point knows that, that Boogie lives in Fayetteville, Arkansas. 200,000 people live in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So yeah. it's not like... You know, it's a town with one stoplight and, and like you're going to run into Boogie at the corner store. You know, there are a lot of reasons to be in a city of that size. So I looked at it and I was like, OK, this is this is, you know, obviously goofy. Uh, and then Boogie didn't think so. He, he thought that proximity constituted enough of a threat. And yeah, like you said, it absolutely told him like, yeah, you don't have the balls to do this. So so do it. You call this bluff. Um it turned out not to be a bluff. <laughs> and then Boogie turned out not to be bluffing. And all of a sudden we have gunshots. Yeah. Actually, it's interesting. If you see in um, Frank's video. So after Boogie fires the warning shot, you hear like the cops are coming and Frank just kind of dips. Huh. So he never you talked to we'll the cops? Um, I, I, He might have talked. I, I mean, there are police reports. I don't look at them. Yeah. Wow. Um, but the police are definitely involved. Yeah. I mean, they have to be when there's yeah. gunfire. Uh, yeah. When you were talking about it being being a work, I always had, and I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, I, I always had a sneaking suspicion, and I don't know who is who, but one of the Paul brothers, which is the one that always, maybe they, maybe both of them always dumb, do dumb things, but 
I felt like one of them was always doing like headline worthy, absurdly stupid things. And um, I always had a sneaking suspicion whether or not that person was actually like a genius or they're actually that dumb. I don't know if it was Logan or Jake. I legitimately think I, I, I get the impression that Jake is just like a dumb guy. But Logan, I feel, is a smart guy who's comfort- who's okay with people thinking he's dumb, which is, in a lot of ways, the smartest kind of guy. Because that's the thing, a lot, something that will, I feel, limit a lot of opportunities for people who are genuinely intelligent is that they want people to, to they want people, it's not enough to just be smart, you want people to know that you're smart, but if you're okay with looking dumb, you could do a lot more. There's a lot of people in, like, in, like, the YouTube world that I think are like that Logan Paul being one of them. Okay. Yeah. I always had that feeling about some, a lot of famous people who are famously dumb, whether it's, um, Paris Hilton, right. Or, mm-hmm. uh, the Kardashians or something like these people oh, yeah. who are routinely kind of made fun of for being vapid and, you know, just kind of brainless at the same time. It's like, well, they're also, wildly successful and is that just by accident there's there's e-girls that i know even who like they're they're constantly like going viral and shit for their dumb posts but then I'll, like they'll talk to me and like oh my oh this is not a dumb person this is like a who this, this is a person who like this is a part of their fucking bit and they're actually like very much together yeah we, we talked without to- without without naming names and blowing up anybody's spot <laughs> well, I'll name a name because we talked about her with one of our guests. I think it was Doplex. We talked about Belle Delphine oh, and yeah. and wondering whether or not her whole shtick was like one of the most genius things on the Internet. Selling bathwater seems brilliant oh, to me. Like a dumb absolutely. person doesn't come up with that. No, definitely. Like she is very much she understands her perception. And then it's like the there she has like this mob of people who who thinks she's not self-aware and it's funny because like when people kind of go after her for those things they're revealing that they're like they're the ones whose like brains aren't fucking getting it <laughs> in, in their attempts to seem like they are the one who is really the genius person right. <laughs> and you see you do we've see a lot the, of that that's like that's like a, a very like reddit brain thing i guess we've got many kudos in in uh, the discord chat right now uh by the time this comes out for yeah for everybody actually his video on exactly this topic will have dropped uh and it's uh it's good it's really oh, yeah. good uh yeah uh colossal is crazy it has an appearance in it which is quite good um but it, it examines this this phenomenon of like what's real and what's not is this a gag that we shouldn't respect or is this evil genius uh and it's not easy to tell at all, you know, and this has come up, this has come up a lot now, whether it's with Dax Flame, where it's, it's a lot more subtle with him, but, uh, finding out where Madison, uh, the guy stops and Dax Flame begins, this is murky as hell, you know, and I there was... are a lot of people, you know, you talked about the e-girls. Yeah. yeah. I, it made me think of, um, several people who. Yeah, BG Cumbie. I was, I was, yeah, um, I was worried about that with BG Cumbie actually, because I remember, like, I didn't know Cumbie until, um, well, I mean, I knew him, I knew who he was and stuff, but I didn't like know him personally until after VidCon, 
And I remember like Wavy hit me up and he's like, hey, like, do you care if BG Combi stays with us? I'm like, no, sure, he can stay with us. But then I'm like, I'm worrying, like, is he going to be like, because I obviously I know it's a bit, but I'm like, is he going to be like in character the whole time? Because that's going to get really annoying. But he like he knows when to be BG Combi and when to just be BG Combi. Who is BG Cumby? I'm not familiar with him. What's the character like? Just very obnoxious. Oh, he's wild. <laughs> yeah, just like it's it's very hard to uh, explain all of it, but it's I I I I can't put it into words without just like referencing. All right, so like recently, I remember he had one set of videos where it was like I finally lost my virginity, and he had like some like girl sitting on his lap, and like I realized too, like he kind of like. He, I, I don't even I don't want to give away his secret sauce too much, but uh, he has like this very dry delivery about this girl who he lost his virginity to. And the next video is like why I lied about having a girlfriend. And it's just like <laughs> <laughs> there was one point when he actually probably his most viral thing I remember was um, he went on Tucker Carlson pretending to be in like an Antifa <laughs> super soldier. And, t- and like Tucker, like 100% bought that he was like this like far left radical that was coming to destroy America. Oh, oh Jesse Waters, Kino Corner says, yeah, because uh, Kino and, and BG Cumby are quite tight. Yeah, um, I know Kino through BG Cumby. Yeah, yeah. I met them all uh, together at, at VidCon for the first time. And, and I, I wondered that same thing. Like, who are, who are you going to get here? You know, what's it going to be like? But it's that degree of performance art where it's just impossible impossible to tell what's what's actually happened uh, what's happening and, and what's going to happen next it's it's awesome it's incredible like i, I don't know how somebody can do it actually too we yeah, have like wavy WebSurf has a really good video like just to like give like the overall breakdown on bg combi we'll have to pop that in the description so that we can watch it i'd love to watch it yeah. so i can so i can take in the experience because i'm so unfamiliar with it but it it what we're talking about now in terms of people who either like their persona is dumb or their persona is crazy but they're actually really smart also reminds me a little bit of the inverse of that the type of people who have this persona of being like the nicest person in the world or whatever but then actually it comes out they're like a super creep and that, that uh, seems to happen just as often, um, that I, level I'm of projection. Always, I'm always very suspicious, and there's a lot of people on YouTube like this, but when someone's whole thing is like, when they're always trying to convince you of like what a great guy they are, I'm like, there's like something <laughs> something up with this guy. That, that's why I'm sure that I, like, I, I make sure everyone knows what a piece of shit I am, so, so there's no surprises <laughs> ever. <laughs> It's actually almost the way to show that you're a great guy. Uh, it, it, this counterintuitive process that's like, yeah, yeah, no, he, here's just the absolute worst possible thing. See, isn't that awesome? Isn't that honest? <laughs> it works, but no, you're totally right. What's that called? Um, I can't think of the term for that. Uh, basically, where it's like the, the people who are most against something tend to get uh uh you know wrapped up in it you know it's the oh, the uh, projection ted haggard is that it projection the word you're looking for uh, yeah it's it's yeah um there's a specific term though that's like almost like virtue signaling in a projecting way and i hmm. can't think of it 
Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, you know, famously the politicians who are so against one thing, you know, the anti-drug guy gets caught with like, you know, a kilo of Coke in his car, uh, or the, uh, the, uh, people against gay marriage back in the day, um, Larry, Larry Craig, I think it was, got caught, you know, tapping his foot under the bathroom stall. Oh, that was a, right. a big deal. Oh yeah. Oh, you're about, yeah. Like, like very anti-gay guys who should have to be gay themselves. Yeah. Or like, or like the male feminists who turn out to be rapists. Right, right. Virtue projecting, Isaac says, and if if that's not the right term, uh, it, it does the job either way. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of that on on YouTube too, where it's you know it's it's people who are offering all sorts of help and and support and and this and that, and you know it, it can be weird a lot of times it's a great thing and the people follow through and that's cool to see and everybody helps everybody else out um but when people really go out of their way and like make it part of their brand to be the good guy uh it feels funny yeah i don't know i don't I, there's no, there's this thing too where it's kind of like oh i like this guy's content but i want to make sure he's like a nice guy and it's like i don't watch people because they're fucking nice or because they're not nice i watch people because they make stuff that i want to watch and i don't i don't care if you're the nicest guy in the world if you're fucking boring i'm not watching your shit yeah yeah i really don't care who anybody is or what they do with their lives you know i do when i get to know them or i'm in a community with them and and like whatever you don't want to be you know you don't want to associate with terrible people because that sucks yeah. Um, but generally like, I don't, I don't care, you know? And I, and I looked at, uh, you know, back to that, that boogie situation, like, you know, boogie is, uh, uh, sometimes manipulative guy with his audience. Uh, I, you know, his, his videos are good or they're not. I kind of, I kind of don't care. You know, I, I don't care, uh, what he's doing in his, uh, you know, in his coom cave, uh, I don't the care weird, how he does or doesn't treat his wife. That's his his you know issue. The weird thing about Boogie, and I've said this so many times, but I've noticed that when he finds himself in situations to work with edgier creators, that's when he does his best work. So, like to me, like if the like the situation with Frank, if it's really real, that's kind of like almost like a like a tragic thing because they were they were both in on it. They could do some good shit. Um, Boogie is a guy who I feel like he's kind of been branded as like the nice guy of youtube but deep down he wants to be an edgy creator i just i feel that from him why do you think he hasn't i don't i've i've i don't know i honestly don't know like maybe he enjoys the feeling maybe it's like some kind of conflict between like how he enjoys feeling between like what his creative drive is if that makes any kind of sense did you ever want to go good did you ever want to break good or did no. you uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not? No, there's it'll, no desire. There's nothing in you that yuck. wants to make yuck. a video that's like, <laughs> let's let's save the starving children ever. No, I, I, I maybe at some point it popped into my head, but no, like I like here's the thing, too. Like once you get into that situation where it's like you're you're not just making videos that are like fun shit for people to be interested in and laugh at or whatever the hell. Once you like start making content, it's like with a purpose, like once you do the first one, then people are going to, the people who like that are going to expect it from you all the time. Then whenever there's any kind of fucking problem in the world, they're going to hit you with the fucking, the, the good guy, YouTuber bad signal. And it's like, Oh, you need to speak out about this injustice in the world. I don't, I definitely do not want that for my life. It seemed like that's what happened to Jenna Marbles to an extent to me. 
Yeah, I mean, I remember she's not alone. Like I, I said before we started, like I didn't really watch a lot of vintage YouTubers, but like she was on my radar, and I remember her being on my radar back in the day for being like an edgy YouTuber. Like, like I remember her showing up because like she said some shit that offended people like back in the day. Yeah, yeah, and then I don't know. Fast forward ten years later, and she's like hysterical crying in her goodbye video. And and quitting the internet. It's like, okay, yeah. well, that's kind of a bad situation. I mean I mean at the end of the day, like if she like if she had had enough mentally, she saved her fucking money. Because like I'm sure she made tons of money over the years. Maybe probably maybe enough to retire off of, who knows? Then it's probably probably was the right choice for her at that point in her life. Yeah. Um let's talk about your music. So Mm-hmm. Have you been doing that always? And then like the a YouTube is a more recent thing or what's oh, up with yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, I've been in various bands since like high school. Mm-hmm. Um, the band I'm in now, Jinx, we started uh, the band. I was saw it before I was in this band. Um, the band was, was called Pui, P-U-I. It was uh, it was it was annoying to tell people the name of the band because people would always be like, what? And I have to repeat Isn't it like five times in Romanian because it was like a made up foreign sounding word, I think. Yeah. Um, in, in Romanian, uh, Pui is chicken because chicken, I, I remember. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Like I eat a lot of McDonald's uh, and, and fast food when I'm not feeling well in other countries because like chicken nuggets at McDonald's are the same worldwide. And if your stomach is completely bonked you can go with something safe and know that it's going to be okay. And, and I was in Romania, like very ill. Uh, and, and I ate McChickens, uh, like all the time. And, and I remember looking at the rapper and seeing it's called a, a McPui there. So our massive Romanian fan base can confirm that Pui is Romanian chicken. I think I have a lot of Romanian fans. Actually, I've noticed a few, like sometimes like, People will pop up, and I'll look the location. I've definitely seen a bunch of Romanias pop up. Um, I the the vocalist who had made that name though he was Turkish, so it was I guess it was meant to have a Turkish affectation. But so that okay. band, we actually that was the band I did a European tour with. Um, did like really crazy shows in New York with them, but then it was kind of like that band was kind of hitting a wall, and so Jinx, I've been friend with the guitarist uh, Jerry from Jinx, like for years probably like probably close to 20 years i've been friends with him um and he was making that band well i mean that band had had an ep recorded and he was like oh do you want to join and so i'm like oh no i'm already in this band the next fucking day that band breaks up so i'm like yo jerry you still need a guitar player and then i'm in jinx and this has been like four years i want to say so yeah that i was in that before our youtube and the youtube thing just kind of that's a significantly more recent thing like i had an old YouTube channel with like a couple of guitar covers, but I never made a serious effort at it previously. Uh, have you opened for any bands that I may have heard of when on any of your tours? Um. Oh yeah. Like the second the second show I played in my life. This was like in my original band, Severed. Um. the The second show we played was at Lamore's in Brooklyn, opening for Cannibal Corpse and Dark Funeral, I believe. Wow. I think it was Cannibal Corpse, Dark Funeral, and Pissing Razors. I think that was the package, and they had us be the opening band for that, just because like we sold so many tickets at the first show. Mm-hmm. So that one, um, one of my another one of my old bands, uh, the world we knew, we did Stillborn Fest with Hate Breed and um, 
because uh, like that band at the time, they were signed to Stillborn Records, which was Jamie Josta's record label. So it was Hatebreed, um, Stray from the Path was on that one. Well, we did it two years, but Hatebreed, Stray from the Path, A Life Once Lost was on that. Um, actually, you know what? And with this current band, we played some like weird ones. Like, do you remember that band Aiden? Mm, no. It was like kind of like a screamo band. I, I don't even remember that band too well, but I just remember them being what they were. We opened for them locally. Um, but yeah, it's like it done done some like pretty pretty cool shows. New England Metal Fest. How do you think that yeah. the the metal scene, the metal community, metal people compare to your YouTube community, YouTube friends, that sort of thing? I feel I've. Having been in both of these worlds now, I feel like like the metal world is like very much offline. Like I've everyone who follows me on Twitter and YouTube from that world, I feel like they do not understand like ninety percent of what I post. Like it's very much like I was to the point where I was talking to um my guitar player Jerry about making a podcast, and he one angle we had considered was the fact that these guys are so like not online that it's like the podcast is me trying to get them to understand things. But uh, I mean, I have, I'm so averse to any kind of schedule that I could never do a podcast. Like even knowing I had to do this today at 6 PM, I was like stressing out. I'm like, Oh, I gotta be at a specific place at a specific time. <laughs> yeah. We've run into that. <laughs> a lot of creative yeah. people are definitely like that, like anti scheduling, but man, yeah. you open or you play shows. You gotta be, somewhere at a certain time that's uh, that's what i think about that logically too like i go through that logic where it's like why is my brain okay playing with a show but not being able to like stick to even for twitch like a twitch schedule like i don't know what where that disconnect comes from it's just i i i real i would like to understand why my brain does this but it just it the answers cannot be found <laughs> i know that uh corpse grinder has a great Instagram where oh dude I um, love Corpse Grinder yeah so if if anybody's into metal or into Cannibal Corpse uh, George Corpse Grinder has an Instagram where uh, what's so interesting about it is that okay number one he is one of easily the scariest looking people on planet Earth his oh, neck yeah. is the size of most people's thighs um, <laughs> and he's gigantic and he weighs a million pounds. And he can headbang for two hours straight. Meanwhile, his Instagram account is literally two things. One, him winning gigantic prizes at like fairs and carnivals because he loves carnival games. And two, shopping at Target and buying like <laughs> yeah. Lego. He's obsessed with Target to a degree that is very, very unique and very strange. And when he's on tour... He will literally spend each day at Target just shopping and he'll post about it on Instagram. It's so weird. That and Disneyland. He fucking loves Disneyland. Disneyland. And he World is of Warcraft. Con yeah. Constantly <laughs> at Disneyland with his kids. With his family and his beautiful yeah. family. And meanwhile, he's like in probably the most. Well, there are more offensive bands. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Definitely way more offensive bands than Cannibal Corpse. But probably the most famous offensive band of all yeah. time i would say some of their songs like so i go to well back back in the days when you used to be able to do things i used to go to karaoke a lot and one of my friends had 
had a night and I looked through the book of songs he has and two of the, there are two Cannibal Corpse songs on there. Hammer Smashed Face and Strip Raped and Strangled. And Strip Raped and Strangled is one of my favorite Cannibal Corpse songs. It's such a good fucking song. But I'm like, man, do I want to do this song in the middle of like <laughs> fucking woke hipster Williamsburg? Do I want to sing a song about like raping and murdering a woman in the woods? I don't know. I don't know. Did you? No, I wound up doing Hammer Smashed Face. <laughs> I, I know, I pussied out. Do you always choose things from that genre, or do you, like... No, no. R- very rarely. I, um... What are your go-tos? My go-tos? Um, I'll do... Alright, so, like, when I... My singing voice, it's more of a baritone, so, like, good pop songs. You don't... You find, like, most of them, like, are, like, higher pitched than I can reasonably do. So, like, Rick Astley is a good safe song for me. Um, there's some Backstreet Boys stuff that I can get away with um oh creed i'll do some creed like i don't even like creed but like it's a fun <laughs> song to do and um, they have fun songs to do that like those will be like my starter songs the stuff that i'm like i know i'm not gonna fuck up then as like the night goes on we'll get into like dream warriors and shit like that that i just know it's gonna be a fucking train wreck <laughs> wait, wait wait how many drinks deep do you have to be to sing creed um i've no i've done those like stone sober oh <laughs> like that's fine i don't give With a shit. arms wide open <laughs> What what songs? Yeah. Um. Shit. How how it's been? God damn! It's been so long that I forgot the fucking uh, the fucking song. I'm gonna like look up the words now. And the one is like, "Hello, my friend, we'll meet again." <laughs> the fucking the fucking Kurt Angle <laughs> got injured in WWE's doing a compilation. That that fucking song from back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could jump in with the title, but you know, not not much of a Creed aficionado. Yeah. Um, it's been a while. There's one song that I always wanted to find in karaoke <laughs> that I couldn't. Metalingus by um, Alter Bridge, which is Edge's entrance theme. Like, that's a song where I feel like I could kill that song, but I've never seen it on a karaoke playlist. It's pretty random. It's pretty yeah. obscure. Because <laughs> I just, I always like feel like, you know what it is? The Creed will warm me up for that, but then it's not there. Is there a song that you wish you could pull off? You, you, really just want to do it oh dude like any journey song oh yeah yeah the first the first time i ever went to karaoke i did separate ways and it was a fucking disaster because like i had not yet learned that my voice cannot go that high so i was like oh shit this is this not only does it sound like shit but it hurts (laughs) it's tough after the bridge uh you're getting pretty high there but no you're right like i'm so glad by the way after you two metal degenerates uh talk about about these songs now now you're in territory that i can understand and i'm thinking like yeah yeah yeah. wheel in the sky uh would be just banging uh in karaoke but who can pull this off you know not very many people can do that adequately it's going to be a disaster for most yeah but yeah that's that's the white whale isn't it there was this um, is hard oh yeah dude yeah there was sometimes though like I'm able, like in Dream Warriors, if I get like like the right get the like, the air coming from like the right part of my like like in your head, I can kind of just fucking power through those higher notes in Dream Warriors. But it's like a fifty fifty shot. But I fucking love Dream Warriors, so I, that's a song I don't even care if it fucking sounds like shit. <laughs> the the one from uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah. Yeah, I fucking I fucking love hair metal. Actually, that's, oh. that's thinking about that now. It's funny. So like when I was at go. the Airbnb with uh with Kino and Comby and a friend Andrew, 
I would wake up and every day there's like Striper playing. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah, this fucking... I think they were listening to Wasp one morning. And I was like, yeah, this fucking rules. <laughs> That's... Uh... I have I have two playlists basically on YouTube. One is is uh, soft and the other is hard. And hard is like it's all it's all you know rat. Uh, it's it's got a little journey on it, which I consider things like journey to be hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, it, like, it, it's I, definitely harder than Yellow Card, at least, who tried to do a wall of death. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite uh, concert fail videos I've ever seen in my life. What? Like the yellow card wall of death. You've uh, never seen that? No, no. Oh no, my! No. Do you know what a wall of death is, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I do. But explain that uh, to to our listeners what a wall of death at a, a at a metal show is. So like basically the the vocals will kind of just like split the crowd into two sides, like Moses, like just parting the fucking river. And you got half the crowd on one side, half the crowd on the other side. And they just like run into each other. Whatever happens, happens. Yellow card on one clip tries to do this, but like their crowd is like manages to get like an inch apart away from each other. And they just kind of like like a gentle tap. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, oh, my. And then and then like the singer from yellow card has that he has that. The high pitch, like soft boy voice, like oh, we're yellow card. We uh, we like to play music. Like he has one of those kinds of voices. So he's trying to get the crowd hyped up to do a wall of death with that kind of voice. <laughs> oh my! It's just like every element of that video is a disaster. <laughs> it's like it's like the wall of mild inconvenience. Yeah, the wall of inconvenience. <laughs> the wall of discomfort. <laughs> the, the, the wall of mild discomfort. <laughs> No, I need to see this. This sounds great. It's good. Why did he think that would happen? Why did Yellow Card guy think sometimes that? You he... just, sometimes when you're, you're at a show, sometimes you just get in a mood. And the crowd's mood wasn't vibing with the mood he was in that day, I guess. Um, what is the best show you've been to as a fan? Like, who put on um, the best show that you've ever seen? And it's like the thing that you go to in your mind is that was the best show I ever saw. Probably... I would put it between Durin Gray and X Japan, but I think X Japan at Madison Square Garden was probably the number one. Absolutely. I don't know. And that, that like that's like one of my favorite bands of all time. It's like this Japanese hair metal band. Oh. Uh, yeah, I never thought I would ever be able to see them because like they broke up after their they broke up and their guitar player died, but then they replaced him for the live show. I remember when they first came back. And they did a thing where they were playing to their dead guitarists uh, tracks he day. And like the, the first concert, I remember seeing a live performance, seeing like from Japan, like a video of it. And I was like, oh, this is kind of like not great because it's really hard to play live to a guitar track and nothing else. Because like the timing is just it's it's going to be a problem. But then what they did eventually was they had uh, Shugizo from Luna C, who's also one of my favorite guitar players. And they had him replace their dead guitar player, Hide. And that's the version of the band that I saw live at Madison Square Garden. And it was so fucking good. Extra Pen? X Japan. Oh, X Japan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. But then Durin Gray is one of my favorite bands, too. And, like, there are some shows I've seen by them that I would rank as, like, among the best shows I've seen. But their play, they have a massive discography. And their playlists live can be very hit or miss. Like the last, the last time I saw them, they did not play a single song that I wanted to hear. And so I was like, ah, damn, this is kind of this is kind of whack. 
but then when they when they have like a good playlist together it's my favorite shit yeah that's a big range from songs you don't want to hear to like your favorite songs ever yeah uh mine is pantera i saw pantera um when i was in high school and um it was just a million times i've been to a lot of shows and it was a million times better (laughs) than any show Uh, i actually saw them twice one was at ozfest which was terrible because um i don't know i went to a couple ozfest and never really liked them just the way that they're set up um or at least the the venue those outdoor festivals are kind of kind of awkward like i um yeah i never went to an ozfest but i went to mayhem fest and i went to warp tour and it's sometimes i don't know how the landscape of ozfest was but I remember Warp Tour. You're kind of like racing around to make sure you don't miss the bands you want to see. And it always sounds terrible too. Like oh it yeah, never sounds good. It's just all washed out and everything. Yeah, I don't like those outdoor festivals either. But I saw Pantera in literally a high school gym. Oh my god, that's in Rochester, rules. New York, and it was insane. I saw so much blood. <laughs> in that crowd of Dude. people just literally beating the crap out of each other uh it was amazing there that's like uh, probably i i remember answering this question recently too but it's probably like one of of every band i never got to see not seeing pantera is probably my biggest regret because like now like especially now that Vinny died too because i think phil was putting together something that was just gonna like play Pantera songs and be like kind of you want if you want to see Pantera live with Phil on vocals you can see that but then COVID happened so that didn't happen. Oh, I didn't even know that. I didn't even yeah, know that. I remember reading about that a year ago and I was like, yo, like even though it's like it obviously won't be the same, it's something. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was looking, I was looking at the stats for this podcast the other day on Spotify, and and about two percent of our audience is fifty plus. Uh, so that's why I want to weigh in here uh, as you guys talk about the best live shows you've seen. I saw Kenny Rogers on his farewell tour. This was also the last live show that I've seen uh, by by anybody who uh, you, you guys would, would recognize. But it was magnificent. It was pure Kenny. It was all Kenny. And the entire crowd just sat there. Nobody stood up. And it was the most amazing thing. Like thousands of people sitting there with their hands on their laps. And this one woman stood up, clearly, like, to go out and go to the bathroom or something. And the people behind her were so pissed off that she was in the sight line of Kenny. It was magnificent. And now he's gone. Now he's gone. Uh, we live in a Kennyless world. It's not an easy world to live in, but here we are. Right. You're saying Kenny Rogers? I can only picture Will Sasso as Kenny Rogers and not, like, what he actually looks like. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, (laughs) Kenny had a a lot of kind of plastic surgery toward the end uh, there. Uh, But yeah, I saw him. uh, He's he's the only person I've seen multiple times because he would go on a Christmas tour. And like in my family, we just called it Kenny Christmas. You know, like my mom and dad love Kenny, too. Yeah. Um, And uh, so, yeah, like we'd see, you know, we'd see the Kenny Christmas tour. You know, we saw that a couple of times on the way out. But then the farewell tour hit. And, you know. When somebody's like 78, 79, and that's the thing I'm jealous about when I listen to you guys talk about this, even though you are talking about people who, you know, some of these guys don't live, you know, to, to ripe old ages in, in that business. Uh, so you do talk about a band like Pantera, which isn't that old, but is still missing a couple members. Um, but, but yeah, most, most everybody is, is still relatively young there. 
Uh, they're not going to play forever, though, are they? No. I um, I was kind of on the fence about seeing Slayer's last tour, but then I wound up not going. I'm like, shit, I should have just fucking went. Like I saw it, at the time, I was like, oh, I saw Slayer so many times, I don't need to see them again. But like, man, like now, I wish I would have fucking, especially now. That's like, who the fuck knows when we're if when we're gonna be able to see a show like that ever again. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I did the same thing with Tools uh, tour, and I'm so thankful every single day that I bit the bullet and I went to that show because I had the same thing. I, I mean, Tool hadn't to- hasn't toured in a million years prior. Mm-hmm. It'd take 13 years to make an album, but I'd seen them before. You know, I saw them when uh, they did their 10,000 Days tour. And, um, you know, they were coming back around and the tickets were a billion dollars and the drive was going to suck and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I don't know. How many times is Tool going to tour again? You know, anything can happen. And then <laughs> literally two months after I saw them, the coronavirus shut down the entire planet. So yeah. and they canceled everything, <laughs> you know, for I had the foreseeable a, future. I was so hyped to go see Bloodbath. Um, like bloodbath i remember i was supposed to go see them last year but then i the show got canceled because they couldn't get visas so i'm like oh we're gonna make up for it next year and this is coronavirus year so no once again no bloodbath yeah yeah now these bands are just doing these like live stream things um yeah yeah which are, are okay i mean uh behemoth put on a really really cool one that my wife and i watched um a few weeks ago that was it was pretty epic but I mean, geez, yeah. watching watching streaming music compared to <laughs> being at a show is like pretty. I right, pretty I was different. Ta- I was kind of talking about this too. Like, I had this like like Patreon like where it's kind of like bullshit for ten minutes, and uh, on that thing last week, I was talking about how like we we had a, a proposal for some kind of live stream concert to do. And I'm like, I'm on the fence about that just because like I feel like in general. The band that I'm in is so much more about the live experience than like I feel like that we haven't gotten that across in our recordings to the extent that it is at the live show yet. Um, But then a part of that is like having that fucking crowd there. And I don't know if I want to play a live show without a crowd. I feel like it might turn out awkward. So, but like we might still do something where it's like it's a live performance, but it's not a live stream performance. And then we have it like edited together nice to like at least be cool visually. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's there's a few things that are coming up too. Like I had also heard something about a venue doing a thing where the like the, the band will be inside of its own room and then the uh, the it'll be like shown like closed circuit to the people in the safe parts huh. of the venue. I'm not sure what the exact geography of that situation is, but that's things weird. are starting to open back up a little bit here. So yeah, that's that's one of the ideas too, that's getting tossed around. That sounds post-apocalyptic. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like Blade Runner. <laughs> At the same time, then I think like I'll go to venues like uh, like Gramercy Theater or something like that, and they do have their closed circuit set up where it's like you can go downstairs to the bar and still like see the whole show. So I'm like, I kind of think of like all the times I've spent at shows where it's like I'm watching the performance from downstairs while I'm like bullshitting with friends where it's like kind of like, all right, that's kind of that's part of the experience, at least. So you're yeah. getting it's it's not the full concert that you want, but you're still getting something. I don't know. I want to ask you about kind of about all of this, because you talk about crazy stuff on the videos. That's high energy, nutty kind of stuff. The all the music 
all the music that's that's a young man's game right this is super boomery but we we kind of have to do it um how how do you see things playing out really long term for you like do you want to be 53 and making cum jar videos um i mean at where, some, where's all this stuff headed at some point i've i've made reference to this before but i also as of this moment i haven't put in the work i do like i really love horror movies and at some point i would like to make my own and i feel like that's like kind of like like something i could do like later on in life or it's it's like it's either like at some point i'll just be like an old man like making that shit or I'll like I'll be canceled and chased out of the YouTube community and say, oh, well, now I got nothing but time either or I could see that that would be really cool. And uh, there's such a good market for that now with Shudder. I think oh, Shudder dude, has, yeah. has, has opened up the door. Shudder and and Blumhouse uh, yeah. have like combined for, uh, forces in a way to open up kind of like That's- cheap horror doors. Oh yeah. To be By made. the way, Shutter. Yeah, Shutter. I'm <laughs> seeing Kino Quarter. Shutter. Use Code Wang for sure. They're one of my sponsors, and I fucking love oh, Shutter. That's right. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't even yeah. know that. I actually, I I had like my management pestered them about this, but I guess they didn't get back to it. So like, on Shutter, they have these playlists where it'll be like curated by like different actors and musicians and shit. So I'm like, I really, really badly want to make one of these playlists for Shutter. And I, f- I think a lot of the ones they have right now are like old ones because a lot of them ha- will just have one or two movies from like the licensing changing. But because uh, like every time I do it too, people like ask me for recommendations of what they have. And there's so much good shit on there. This episode is actually sponsored by Shudder. Use code Wang for 30 days free at what's the URL again? Shudder.com. S-H-U-D-D-E-R. I don't know if it's le- is it you would know is it legal for me to do that because this isn't an official like this isn't actually a sponsorship. Oh, that's why that's why I oh I'll I'll change my language. Yeah. Uh, in lieu of a sponsor. Yeah. In lieu of a sponsor, we want to direct people to <laughs> direct people to Shutter.com. Actually, where wait, they can I get think, thirty days free with code Wang. I think they actually did give me guidelines for promoting it off of the video they specifically sponsored, so I think that's okay. Oh, I mean, anything that's uh, in addition that they don't have to pay for is amazing. Yeah. Nobody's going to complain about that. Yeah. But that's like, honestly, like most of the shit I promote is stuff I like, I wind up actually using. Like, I, I even, people think I'm fucking memeing when I say this. I unironically, oh shit, actually, I think I'm missing my daily soon. Um, I unironically play Raid Shadow Legends. Like I have like I have like goals set up in my mind for certain characters in my party that I want to get to certain things. Cause I'm like, oh, like this or that character, like, will serve this purpose in my arena party and shit like that. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, like the thing about Raid Shadow Legends, it's like, I with those promotions in specific, like, I wish they would just be like, all right, we don't care what you say, just talk about the game for like a minute, because then I could like focus on the aspects that I'm like, oh, this is why I play this game. Like you, you be, it, it's more about like. The real meat of the game isn't like the random battles or like the fucking, oh, look how cool this boss is or look how cool this champion is. It's like, oh, no, you can really like get down into the stats of each of these characters and have them serve like a very specific purpose for a very specific situation. And you're constantly working towards improving that situation. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. But they're really stingy about the talking points. Yeah. Like they want you to stay like stay on the fucking like you are saying exactly what we want you to say. And <laughs> it's got to go in but they say exactly that, the right time. But then they'll say it's, they don't want you to do that. Yeah. But then they make you mm. do it. Yeah, no, they they tend to have a, a, a pretty neat trick with that <laughs> where it's like, yeah, do this in your own style. So it's natural integration. And by your own style, we really mean read this word for word. Uh, yeah, exactly as we provided to you and put it right here in the video on, on this exact date and make sure that we can see it well in advance. So our, our team of 97 people can evaluate you. Uh, yeah, no, they're, they're highly specific, but it must be working exceptionally well for them because, you know, I oh. thought that was going to, you know, I thought it was going to die out where it would blow up for a while. And that would be that. How long has, has raid been a presence on stuff now? It's like two solid years. Yeah. Oh, while I feel like, uh, Vi like Vikings war of clans was the game that like, yeah, well, that was replaced by it. Cause one of the first sponsorships I ever got was Vikings. And Vikings, I remember that I was actually playing that game. I guess I just had the kind of brain where I want to play these stupid fucking phone games, but I was enjoying Vikings for a while. But they ran into a problem with where a part of that game was that it would kind of be like about raiding the other people's towns. But then there were so many abandoned towns that it was like every town you would raid would be a ghost town where you get no resources. So it just became boring due to like a dwindling player base. Uh Never really gotten into any mobile games before. <laughs> I don't know why. I just feel like I'm on my phone or on the computer all day. So when I want to play games, I try to get away from those two things. And then just sit in front of a TV instead and play <laughs> RPGs from 1999. Um, I know that we have uh, questions from our patrons who are, are with us live in the episode chat. Yeah. Uh, Matt, if you want to pull, pull, pull. Yeah, we got. So let's try to we get through those. Yeah, we will. We've got a lot. And, and sometimes there's a mix of like quick response throwaways and then like things that you got to write a novel to answer. This is actually pretty consistent. These are all like uh, low medium effort. Uh, so so I like it. it it's really good. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm going to start with keynotes because this is this is really interesting. So already dead in the discord is going on a bike trip needs five thousand three hundred calories to consume for that biking trip. And so, you know, we were talking about some of your videos and we're like, well, how, what volume of semen is, is that going to take in a camelback to get you through this bike trip? We looked it up and at 25 calories an ounce, it came to 212 ounces, uh, about six and two thirds liters for the Europeans. Um, Kino asked, given it's, it's 25 calories an ounce, how many calories do you think were in the cum box? How many calories do I think we're in the cum box? Yeah. Um, you said it was 25 calories an ounce? Yeah, that, that's a rough estimate. Yeah. Damn, I have like a real like I'm really bad at measuring, measuring things like that. Because like then you got to wonder like how much, how much is the average load? How many ounces? <laughs> and then you got to figure out like, I forgot how many years it was. That this guy was like blowing into this fucking thing. So... <laughs> This is a, a Fermi, a Fermi problem. Like, yeah. like there's that class of math problems, like how many, uh, how many grains of sand are on a beach? You know, it's this impossible thing to count, but yeah. you figure out how many are in a cubic inch, maybe with a rough estimate and then expand from there. That's what, you know, Kevin, you just got a Vsauce 2 video idea here. 
Oh, yeah. definitely. This one, I was, this as soon as you were describing really that, well. I'm like, this sounds like dirty Vsauce. What you're what you're proposing here? Vsauce too hot to handle. Yeah, Vsauce uh, story fire exclusive. <laughs> oh my god! It's all, it also reminded me of like how many jelly beans are in this jar kind of kind of question. Yeah, where uh, it's the wisdom of the masses, and if we just polled enough people, we can finally get to the actual answer and average them. <laughs> Crowdsourcing the cum estimate. Did either did either guy, though, uh, give some kind of estimate of how many times he used the jar or the box? I mean, was it like did he did he say like definitely over a thousand or anything like that? I don't remember, but I don't think he did. But then I'm like, I'm trying to do the math. Like, I'm, I'm assuming this guy nutted once a day at least. But we can say like once maybe he missed a few. So like an average of once a day. For, but I don't remember how many years. And plus it dries <sighs> up. And so like, I'm sure you like as it dries up, you lose some calories. That's oh. true. That's true. And, and the chat pointed out that some of it was burned as well. I imagine yeah. the, the the caloric value suffered in in the radiator heat up. Also, are we counting the, the calories in the cardboard? Oh, I think you'd have to, right? It's yeah. got to become one thing after a while. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of it gets is, is like it's still in there, but it's like soaked in. It's kind of like, it's kind of like if you if you're you eating can. cheese and crackers, you don't not count the cracker. <laughs> what is the next question? Can we please move on? <laughs> Maybe we should just end the episode there. I don't know. <laughs> Kevin's about to have a thunderstorm that knocks out his power. Um, <laughs> so Isaac asked, what's a topic that you would love to cover but you don't have enough information or it's already been done to death or any other reason that makes it off limits. Um, see, there's a few like that, that I'm kind of like knocking around right now that I don't uh, like, I'll kind of like when I, when I start thinking about a topic, I'll do like a little bit of like, just like preliminary research and see what comes up without doing a real deep dive on it. And like, I would like to do a lemon party video I would like to do a, a meat spin video. Actually, I feel like there is enough for meat spin for me to do a video on that one. Um, but lemon party is one that I really badly want to do, but I'm just not sure it's all there. Stuff like that actually at some point might kind of become part of like kind of a compilation of things like that video. Kind of like how my Marilyn Manson is structured where ostensibly it's about the ribs rumor but i kind of go into like a lot of other little marilyn manson rumors to flesh out the video a bit more so yeah i guess lemon party would be the top of those i remember back in the days of uh aol instant messenger you know you could cloak links uh or direct connect if somebody had like approved you to do that you know and lemon party was a, a popular popular substitution on those links back in the college days yeah, like I feel like uh, and, yeah. the oh, the thing that would make that video like a real good video is if I could find the men. Yeah, I like, just wanted oh, to, uh, to ask. I don't think either of you have explained what Lemon Party is, even though it's been referenced forty seven times in this episode. So, oh yeah, you know, take it away. Why don't you? <laughs> why don't you, in as much detail as possible, explain what in the world Lemon Party is? Well, so you go to lemonparty.org, which it sounds like a very innocuous URL. But then you go there, and it's just a picture of three old guys blowing each other. And, <laughs> and, and you know, you got people probably walking around with signs, tricking people into going with it. Like, I remember there's a famous one, sign 
where a guy has a sign up and he's at a gas station. He's like tired of high gas prices. Lemonparty.org. <laughs> that explanation was so much more concise and brief and simple than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one sentence. There's not Boom. much to it. Yeah. No, I yeah, guess no, not. There's not much to not. the lemon party. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even that, need that's lemons. The that's the struggle I'm having with this video. <laughs> the video is 10 <laughs> seconds long. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I could do it. I could just be like, Tales of Mutant Death, Lemon Party. Uh, so you go to the website and it's three guys blowing each other. That's all. <laughs> it's a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I should do that. I should just make like, like any video that I can't make a full video on, I just make a TikTok and be like, oh, so like saying what it is. <laughs> Like those tick, like there's there's a whole thing on TikTok where it's like you know how Bull Blacks has his Twitter videos, they'll yeah. there's like a whole genre of TikTok where it's like that, but it's a person reading one tweet. And I'm like, damn, like, <laughs> just just use Twitter. This is very close. What was your favorite 2000s era shock site? If you had to choose one, if I had to choose one, um, Goatsy's the classic, I guess. Yeah, might just be Goatsy. Think that's the. That's just the number one. That's the gold standard for this kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. You know what it is, too? Like, I feel like as they progressed and there was more videos, you got to kind of wait for it. Goatsy, you don't got to wait for it. It's just there. <laughs> it, it is just there. Yeah. Is And is that still up and active? I, I know that at is... one point they did email uh, the domain. You could have a, an email address at goatsy.cx. That was around for oh, a while. Yeah. I would love to have one of those right now. Um, I think it was like $40 a year or something. Yeah, I would pay that. Um, for actually, what they did for a while, I don't know if it's still like that. The last incarnation of the site that I saw, they had a setup where you could like buy a pixel on the site for crypto or something like that. It's still up there now. Right now, I look. Yeah. yeah. And someone bought a part of it and put my logo on it. <laughs> but and this, it, the weird thing is, it was like before my channel really blew up that somebody did it. It was... It was before the Goatsy video or anything like that. Someone just decided to buy my logo and put it up there. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, it's gone now, though. Goatsy in the blockchain. It's an inventive idea. Um, let me see. I made a Goatsy joke on Twitter and, and hardly anybody liked it. And I think that you were one of the few, Justin. It was a, it was a picture of um, a garbage bag box i bought some like uh contractor bags <laughs> to clean up my yard anyway on the contractor bag box it's trying to um demonstrate how strong these bags are and to do that visually they just yeah. have some guy's two hands stretching <laughs> the garbage bag and as soon as so i saw my... it it just immediately popped as a goatsy joke to my in my <laughs> deranged yeah. mind and I tweeted that and it got like no likes. It was just like you, my wife, <laughs> like a dozen. I, other I can't I can't help but people. think that when companies do stuff like that, they know what they're doing. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, it varies for sure. I wish but, I wish I lived in that world. Like there is a few there is oh, shit. I, I'm not going to remember this, but there was one that happened like last week. And I was like, they. They named it something very suggestive and it seemed like an accident, but I'm, I'm thinking this is no accident. They definitely gave it this sexually suggestive name, uh, knowing that people would tweet making fun of it, but also getting attention from it. Yeah. Seems I know like months ago there was the e-bussy. 
that? It was I think I think it was just like an electronic bus. They named the E Bussy. Yeah. And then everyone's just like culture, ha ah, electronic boy pussy. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> right before this episode, I had about an hour long conversation with a current high school senior very seriously about his college decisions and the, the merits and, and, uh, uh, you know, pluses and minuses of different academic paths. And here I am shit two, three hours later talking about electronic boy pussy. Yeah, it's it's going to be oh. weird to be like, kind of like treading this, you tread this line of like, you're in a like a very serious educational world, but then also just like the the, the trash internet shit posting world as well. Yeah, and I feel bad on Twitter. Uh, and I I actually was thinking this as you were talking about music versus YouTube and how the, those two worlds are so different mm-hmm. uh, that one is just not you know doesn't get the other one. You know, yeah. my two are things like education policy, uh, which is a lot of my prior work, and and you know shit posting you know i like those are the two things i use my twitter account for today you know today i was in a thread with somebody talking about uh student loan default rates on for-profit higher education institutions and you know two minutes later uh you know did the 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 pp joke about the debate last night where the the split screen had pp between you know trump and biden uh, oh yeah but like, <laughs> like like this is why my account grows at, at a snail's pace because somebody's yeah. in for one or the other and then after a little while they're just like see ya yeah you're just constantly <laughs> purging them i'm honestly i'm surprised that my account doesn't have that effect because i i attract so many different kinds of people who often seem to hate each other but still stick around it, it's you know, it's weird. Matt and I talked about that a long time ago about you, uh, how you are able to bridge a lot of divides somehow in yeah. a very weird way. We have noticed that you mm-hmm. your milkshake brings all of the boys and girls to the yard, basically. I think. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't understand that phenomenon. And I'm sure one day it's going to blow up in my face majestically. Oh, but for now, I'm chilling. <laughs> uh this is yeah we we got a couple that are related here and they're all pretty easy ones um kudos wanted to know what's the worst thing the the worst thing that you've seen online that has scarred you permanently worst thing honestly i was thinking about this the other day like when it comes to like serious things that have bothered me i and what Mm -hmm. brought back to my head is that i had seen um uh count dankula talking about it on twitter the uh, the John Venables case in the UK, who was I don't know if you know don't know that case. I read about it on Crime Library back in the day, and basically it was like these two young kids kidnapped an even younger kid, um, and like took him away from his mother when she wasn't looking at a store, and eventually like and like basically tortured the kid and killed him at the train tracks, and like oh and like yeah, and like all kinds of uh, details with that. Yeah, it's the battery story, um. I I remember reading that and then they had like pictures of like not the, not the kid dead just like pictures that the parents had of the kid and there was like this one picture where like he's like looking right into the camera and I found that story so fucking haunting and the kids went through the, the, who killed him went into some kind of witness protection program uh like it's it, if you if you post their pictures cuz the guy has like doxed himself multiple times at this point but it's a, a crime in the UK to post his picture. And Dankula had posted about that. 
Um, but now one of the one of those kids as an adult is going back to jail for possession of child porn. So it's oh. like so that just like popped that whole fucking story back into my head. And like that's of all the things I ever read on CrimeLibrary.com, that has like that story has haunted me through the years. And Jeff took this another step here. Uh, have you hit something that that you were really close to making a video about, but it was just too dark, just too inappropriate? that that you you had to crush out um there have been times when i wanted to make a video about something but then i kind of as i was looking into it i was kind of like oh i feel like this person if i make the video is going to be really weird about it uh one of the the jesse slaughter video i like i kind of started working on that one it was like highly requested but then i was kind of like i saw that jesse slaughter had like an active social media presence still and it I had read into some things about their father that I was kind of like, I, I, if I did the video on this, I have to put this in the video, but it's going to open up such a can of worms. I just, I don't want to touch this. And then I remember a few months later, Gamer from Mars made his video about, about Jesse Slaughter. And I, I just remember seeing they made some Instagram story. Like they're not, I don't think anything really became of it, but they were not happy that he made the video. So that was one specific time I think where I just I didn't want to like be bothered with whatever consequences would come from that video. And this one is related to let me just find it real quick. Oh, this is from Lars from the first podcast, which is the worst podcast on the Internet, uh, especially with Doplex as the new co-host. The only way you're going to know how awful it is, is to subscribe to the first podcast Listen to every episode for a year, two years, however long it goes. And and then you'll know why it's so awful. So undertake this. This is your penance. Subscribe to the first podcast. Are there any videos of yours that you would at this point wish that, that you know, just never happened, that you would erase from existence and, and maybe do it over? Um, All the videos from that period where I was trying to like do like more of like a trending topic social commentary kind of shit i look back at a lot of those and i feel like they're all they're all not only are they like kind of cringe but they're fucking boring and back then i didn't understand why my channel wasn't growing and looking back it's just because these videos fucking sucked so and they'd like, all be candidates to just do differently and better yeah there's even there's some videos that i've touched on before actually that i would like to redo just because i think they were interesting topics that i could do better now like um like the the weird endings from WrestleMania, the arcade game, that one, that one's buried in there. And I feel like that was a funny topic that I just like, I wasn't as into my, uh, the style of video that I've established at this point, that one or the weird fire pro game where a guy that's supposed to be Ric Flair drives you to commit suicide. That was another good, that was another good. I feel like for, I mean, for the time it was one of my better videos, but I feel like I could do that better now. Uh, on your videos, Conrad asked, has there ever been anything that you've covered that you have in some way taken part in or were present for? Have you, have you lived any of, of the videos? Um, and would you want to, if you haven't, have I lived in it? I'm trying to think, cause there might be, I mean, there is that in, in kind of, but not really the, is anyone up one? I remember the guy in the video, uh, Hunter Moore his the website is anyone up sponsored one of my band's tours back in the day um i actually i may i alluded to i think i showed the tour pass from it in the video um 
I remember, I remember like that website was like a weird thing where it was kind of like it was like the first thing where people are getting their nudes leaked online and it goes from this mm-hmm. thing that people are horrified of to a thing that people are like people are actively trying to be on the site and becomes like this whole like weird cultural sensation and at that point they start promoting tours one of them being the one i was on so uh speaking of websites dojangles asks what's your all-time favorite rotten.com post all-time favorite rotten.com post shit like the see like the first one that comes to mind <laughs> i remember like there's it's not my favorite it's just the one that sticks out the most vividly which was just a picture of a guy's dick with a bird perched on it <laughs> <laughs> it was like that was like the i remember one time i would go to rotten.com and like every time i would go there for a period of time that would be the like the first post you see <laughs> I don't know if that I definitely want to call that one my favorite though. <laughs> I feel like the whole like the the Burlington Coat Factory uh Columbine thing might have been like my favorite rotten story arc for sure. Which is what? They registered I think it was they registered BurlingtonCoatFactory.com to link to like trench coat mafia stuff, and then they got sued by the actual Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> on, a, on a much lighter note, Isaac says, or poses, you have a choice, Club Penguin, Webkins, or Neopets? Of the three, I can only even visualize Club Penguin, so Club Penguin. <laughs> I have a Koala Webkins. It's pretty sweet, but I've never gone on the platform. There was this thing Isn't in Club- I used yeah. to go on to... um way back and they just like just to like troll people weirdly it was church of fools and it was like it was basically like club penguin except it was christian it was like you're in a church as a person talking to people and i would just make up stories about how i'm like this a 40 year old man with a i'm home from work because i broke my leg and like, i'm just like <laughs> telling people stories like this just pretending to be a normal person on in the virtual church <laughs> That's the most I ever used one of those kinds of things. The next one is uh, uh, actually also from Isaac. What what topic and community or, or community do you refuse to touch? Um, what topic or community do I refuse to touch? Like, is there something that you could uh, make a video about, and you just know uh, they're going to come after you? Like the stands in that community are going to mount up and ruin you. I'm not terribly concerned about that kind of stuff. I'm trying to think because I know like some people are afraid to like make videos about K-pop stands. Um, I'm not afraid to do a furries video. If so, like I feel like furries is the first place people people's minds go to. I actually so I have a folder of video topics that have been like accumulating over the years. And one of them was kind of like uh, the connection between the Amiga console and the furry culture. Because I kind of I got an inkling of this, like, actually, the way I believe this seed was planted in my brain. Do you know Jason takes Omegle? No. no. He um he does like he'll basically troll people on Omegle and sites like that with his like he has like a super realistic Jason costume that he uses. But he had commented on a video where I use Ninja Turtles music from the NES Ninja Turtles game. And he had made reference to loving that soundtrack on the Amiga. And then, so I started, I never heard the Amiga version. So I started looking up Amiga tracks on YouTube. And the first thing that came up was like 
the, like this thing that was obviously it wasn't porn, but it was like a very suggestive picture <laughs> of a furry on the thumbnail. And it was Amiga music. So I started to look through that and I'm like, what does this have to do with Amiga? And apparently, like, there's a very strong link between the culture of the Amiga console and furries. So that might be an interesting like that one's been sitting in my folder for like a year. No, like two years, huh. I think. And there's I, a good documentary on Hulu about the Amiga. Yeah. It doesn't touch on any furry elements. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, like 90 minute full feature length. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, and I never played with any of that stuff back in the day. Uh, but but we did talk to somebody, I think uh, uh, Sean Malone, a friend of ours, um, talked about using an Amiga to edit like wedding videos in his first media job. You know, so people were using that around the 90s, but I had no idea that <laughs> there was a comeback in the furry community. Yeah, there's like, I got to look, it's been like a few years since I looked at the, what I was looking at, but there's definitely a link there. I think it was like one of the, um, the original like characters made for the Amiga or something like had like a strong link to the origins of the online furry culture or something to that effect. But the, I, I just remember that seeming weird to me. So I started to look into it. It's pretty interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, I was trying to order these in my head. Yeah. Trevstead has has an interesting one here um and, and we touched on some of the elements of this as we talked but his question is how do you define yourself as a content creator like the like genre do you think eh, i i you know i think of this he, he asked do you see your videos as an extension of art or is it more of an internet history lesson and and you know what kind of value do you bring as a content creator and as i read this i thought you meet somebody at a party not a YouTube party. This is not VidCon. You're just at a party. Yeah. What do you tell them that you do? I mean, how do you, how do you sum up what you do in, in like two sentences? Um, and honestly, it depends on the context. Like a lot of people will call what I do commentary videos, but it doesn't necessarily like fit. It's not like a one-to-one -one thing. I yeah. actually, I started the series. Like the original intention for Tales from the Internet was for it to be reaction videos. But then it just kind of went okay. off into like a more in-depth kind of thing. Um, but essentially what I will do if someone asks me as a party is I'll just like give them details about specific videos I made. Like, okay. like, like a good style generally like the My Little Pony cum jar is like a good way to get the point across. <laughs> so I'll tell them about that. Um, like actually now that I'm thinking, I remember like, like a, I one specific time I was, uh, Actually, no, I don't even want to tell the story, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it'll usually be like, I'll just tell them what, what's in some of the videos rather than try to like, kind of give them the, uh, the description of it. Cause I feel like, like oh, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I tell weird internet stories or things like that, but that doesn't even necessarily get the point across. Cause a, a lot of people will be like, what I kind of stories are there on the internet? <laughs> I just say I help a guy make math videos and then they say, oh, and immediately talk about something else. It's awesome. <laughs> it's a good I, conversation <laughs> killer. The only the only time somebody has said something other than oh, or, or the equivalent is uh, like I had a surgery consult and the guy's making small talk and he's like, uh, you can make money. You can make enough money to live on from that. I was like, yeah, kind of. That was that was it. Nothing about the math part, though. No, no, no. I was like, yeah, your, your kid's probably watching it 
right now, you ding dong. But you know, he, he was <laughs> going to put me under like with a knife. Like I'm not going to give him too much shit. You know? Yeah, you don't want to call him a ding dong just before you completely <laughs> submit control of your body to him. <laughs> um, do you know Chikata three three zero one? I do. Are you familiar with this topic? Yeah. People so ask James me to, asks. Hmm? Yeah, he says it's. Uh, James says it's. Well, it's been done to death, but it, it seems like a Wang style topic. People that kind of falls into this territory of like ARGs and stuff like that, which like mm -hmm. I get asked to cover Cicada three three zero one and stuff like that a lot. But I mean, first off, like a lot of them have been covered to death, and I don't really find them that interesting. So I don't like. I could not sit down and like make a Cicada three three zero one video. What are ARGs? What are you talking about? Alternate, like alternate reality games where it'll be like a lot of times it involves like there's like some kind of puzzle that finds its way to the Internet and people get together to try to figure out what the puzzle, what the solution to the puzzle is. Um, that's kind of like the format to a lot of them. A lot of them will be like, oh, like there's like this, uh, this something I'll, I've noticed with ARGs a lot of times people will try to trick me into pr act into promoting their ARG like by convincing me that it's an actual mystery and not something fictional that they've made up um like so I'll get a lot of emails that'll be like oh there's this YouTube channel it's posting mysterious creepy videos and they all the titles have coded numbers and letters or there'll be subreddits that pop up with the same thing and it's just like well this, this sounds like every other fucking ARG I've ever been presented with so I didn't want to cover those. I'm not going to cover that one. And I think Leon Lush human? actually got tricked oh, into covering sorry. one of those recently. <laughs> Who did? I think Leon Lush recently got tricked into covering one of those. And then he made oh, it. No. Then he in the top comment, he's like, oh, I got tricked. <laughs> what can you do after it's been done, right? Yeah, it's out there. Fuck it. You got to own it. Uh, and the second half that he had was, uh, I think, Superhuman, a guy who WWE elbow drops microwaves. Oh, and Superhuman. Yeah. He might be a good video, to be honest. He's a he's a character. He like he's like very much in that juggalo world. He's like appears at wrestling shows now, but he'll just like pull his shirt off, yell "fuck this shit," and like jump onto <laughs> something that hurts him terribly, like a a fucking broken microwave or a TV, a TV or something. Like he'll <laughs> he'll take wrestlers like jumping onto like like going through tables and take it up like ten thousand times. And indie wrestling will get so salty when he gets booked too. It's like, listen, like this guy, Superhuman, he's a freak show that finds his way onto wrestling shows because he like it's a fun gimmick. I like I promise he's not taking a slot away from a properly trained wrestler. He's there for for the freak show. Hey, Kevin, it sounds like a guy in the Bills Mafia just decided to give up on football and switch to wrestling. I was thinking Bills Mafia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, three quick hits and then we're out. Conrad, who, by the way, I just got the notification on my phone that Conrad 500 on Twitch started streaming. He was in the episode chat and began a Twitch stream to play D&D. &D. Yeah. Think about your life choices, Conrad. But here's your question. Betrayal. What's it what's it like having a last name that's a word for a PP? Oh. <laughs> I mean it it's one of those things that just kind of like it gets repetitive. So like it's like the the weirdest thing about it is that like people will say it as if they were the first ones to think of it and it's like, "Oh, come on, man. It's like it's hack material. Come with better stuff." You must have heard them all by like the age of 12. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Well, actually, I feel like I didn't hear that as much when I was younger. It might not have been as common when I was younger. And then, like, maybe, like, high school or so, yeah. you start to hear it pop up around. No, you're right about that. Like, it, it really wasn't a word that you heard until, like, late 90s. Yeah. Like, back in the... I feel like you might have heard that at, like, 11 p.m. Comedy Central or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, one thing we totally forgot to mention way back is you've been in some uh you've been in some shows on on the tv screen oh yeah and yeah I, and that completely slipped my mind because i remember seeing tweets where people had screenshotted you on netflix <laughs> which was wild yeah um, there's uh that's what i used to do for a job i would just w work as an extra on tv shows in new york like anything that shot from shot in new york in a certain time period I probably worked on it, even if you don't necessarily see me. Like most extras, you don't really see. They're just movement. They're just like a blurry movement in the background, just to like kind of give the frame some, give the frame some life. But uh, a few times the featured things pop up. What does that pay? When you start out, when you're non-union, it's it's minimum wage, but you do get daily overtime, and uh, you and they give you like free lunch and whatnot. But then when when you join the union you uh the rate goes up i don't know what it is now um but it goes up a decent amount that's cool well that leads into kino wanting to know who's the craziest person you met while working as an extra the craziest person i met well all right one of one of the craziest people i met one of my favorite stories there was like this older woman that i worked with on gotham sometimes she uh like Gotham had a thing where they they usually don't do this. So on, on some TV shows, they'll have a core, which will be like if like if it's a police station, you'll see the same cops over and over again for the run of the show. Or okay. if you see an office, you'll see the same office workers. Gotham each season had different core um, arrested people inside the police station each season. And I was in season one. Uh, and there was an older lady that was also one of these people that I would encounter at some point. And she was like very obsessed with like people being skinny and in in shape. They're like some people suspected she was bulimic because like her breath kind of smelled like vomit. Um, but I remember like she would like like people would be at craft services eating things, and she would whisper to me, she'd be like, uh, "Look, look at them eating like this after we just ate lunch. That's why they're all so fat." And then one day she got oh, in God. trouble because one of the principal actors was at craft services eating and she just goes up and tells him how fat he's going to get from eating like this so that was okay. <laughs> that was That's pretty bold yeah it's very bold especially considering that like you're generally told to not address them unless like they speak to you first and i don't think i ever saw her after that like royalty yeah that show was generally very uh, chill with that though that was like like nobody real like everything was kind of like in terms like that kind of stuff pretty loose like there's some shows where it's like you absolutely cannot fuck around like that, but that was a more chill set. And given that we're in October, you know the horror genre pretty well. You're a fan. Are there any horror films that you're going to watch in preparation for Halloween? Um, I'm considering making a video about beware children at play. What? Maybe. I don't know. I might not be able to show the best parts of it on YouTube in a way that gets the point across, but I'm probably watching that again. It's been a long time since I watched that movie, and it's it's not a good movie, but it has one of the most hilarious endings of any movie I've ever seen in my life. But basically, beware children at play. 
it picture children of the corn except at the end all of the kids get violently murdered with terrible special effects like, i'm pretty sure you can watch just the ending on youtube like you, there will be kids like getting like hacked and chopped in half with fucking axes and you can see the kid like giggling as his head gets cut off because it's mad fucking funny some girl gets shot with a fucking arrow and she like literally like turns around and falls like bugs bunny it's such a shit show <laughs> it's the the difference between the the two things that you say disturb you the most and what what you're most entertained by is kind of the same thing but it's so funny because the two things you were so disturbed by involve children yeah but then the thing that you can't wait to watch is like a cartoonish dismemberment of children. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I guess when it's like that obviously fake, then it's like, <laughs> then it's cool. Yeah. Um, all right. I have, I have a comment uh, from my wife who says, please tell Justin Wang that it kills me when he says schwantz in his videos. Fucking schwantz. <laughs> hell yeah. That's that. I've been led to believe that this is a German word for dick. <laughs> Well, fucking That's schwantz. what I always heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, we always Wormier like to- says can confirm. That's like, actually, I believe. Uh, baby gang German. You remember yeah. how- Schwantz there you go. How bef- <laughs> when I was talking about how um, I was like, try to use some euphemisms that the AI won't catch if I need to say something that might get me dinged. I believe schwantz is one of those words that I've used like that. <laughs> <laughs> Flies under the radar. Yeah. Um, before we let you go, and I just want to thank you for hanging out for so long. We could talk to you literally all day, but, uh, we need to know one thing and that is what is your fursona? My fursona, (laughs) um, shit. (laughs) See, like, here's the thing. If I were to pick one, I feel like a lot of like the really common ones are like overused, like dogs and wolves and foxes. But then it's like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I was just saying the other day how I feel like the coolest dinosaur is the Ankylosaurus. Which is that one? It's all like spiky <laughs> and it has like a big mace for a tail. So I'm like, maybe that would be a cool one. I don't know if dinosaurs count, though. I think so. But I don't know, I that's like do. scaly yeah. or something, I think. Yeah. Isaac says they do. So okay. that's OK. Is he he's the resident furry expert? He is. Isaac uh, got the the furry question going to the benefit and detriment of this podcast. Uh, he says that they'd be categorized as scalies, but yes, they, they count. Yeah. All right. So I guess an ankylosaurus. And, and what sort of outfit are you wearing? I'd like to picture. Uh, I mean, I what, guess. Yeah, do you have any accessories like. that are awesome? Yeah. He's covered in spikes. So I guess, I mean, ankylosaurus is covered in spikes. So I guess he would have like a spiky jacket too, to kind of like to keep the motif going. Leather? Yeah, of course. Uh, is he armed at all? A hairdo? Is it just your hair and your I would, hair? I would assume so. I mean, that's kind of how you get the likeness across. Otherwise, that could be any furry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What a, what a ridiculous question. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> it, it's just an ankylosaurus with, with your mustache. That's it. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Not even <laughs> bipedal, just like walking around and shit. <laughs> Actually, that kind of, someone, that thing, Gitas. That I had a few videos about. That's like cartoon thing that people didn't know where the fuck they recognized it from. And it's like this four-legged creature. Someone drew me like that once. And I was kind of like, <laughs> oh, I, I now I'm looking at the bite, the the quadrupedal ankylosaurus. I'm like, I guess that's kind of similar. <laughs> that's that that's good enough for me. Thank you so much. 
for hanging out with us, Justin. Thank you so much to all of our patrons, our 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 tots, our dumpster crew, our infantry, our legendary baby gang. If you want to join and uh, hang out with us and ask questions for our guests, please go to patreon.com slash the create unknown and become one of the create unknown because otherwise you're just listening really. And those are the facts. I mean, it's just objectively true. It's amazing to have everybody participate directly in the live podcast. It makes it way more interesting. Uh, you guys tend to research and talk about stuff as we discuss things and it, it makes the show a lot better and, and influences the, the direction of each one. And then the questions at the end are always amazing. So yeah, thank you to everybody who's joined up. Um, October is save the babies month. So we hope, uh, that some of you will be in future, future recordings as newly minted tots. That's right. That's right. Babality to talk to you there. Yes. Babalities <laughs> all around. Thanks again. Until <laughs> then we'll see you space cowboys. Thanks for listening to the create unknown. We'd like to thank everyone who makes this show happen and especially our patrons. A very special shout out to our associate producing Baby Gang. Trev's Dead, Boromir, Bot Dogs, Cat, Conrad, James from the Upside Down, Jeff Davis, Patrick Pister, Baseweight, and to our ever vigilant infantry Jen Mafasanti, Kevin with an E Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Monsieur Chinchilla, Ryan Steer, Sean Malone, Triple Question Mark, and Monahan. And thanks also to our producer and editor Ben Webster and to our social media manager Dan Yoshua. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production. 